Well, here we are. Once again, it's time for another A to Z of the 1990s with me, Andy Bush, and Louise Maloney, uh, who is in her little airing cupboard again on this video chat. And I can just see, like, from your, your nose downwards. Oh, sorry. I think that's just the way that... I'm in quite a small part of the cupboard, right? Yeah. Um. So I think this is the only way I can make it work today, to be honest. It's an interesting little um, bag system you've got in the corner there. What, what is that? Oh, yeah, it's look like at a this. So this is for... Yeah, yeah. So that's three sections. My How partner many, hates this. Three. Um, three. This is for... No, this is so boring, Bush. Okay. Just tell me just tell what it is. Okay, it, this it, is for hand overhang washing. Overhang the rest of the podcast. This what? is for hand washing. This is for like blacks and this is whites. Isn't that so clever? Wow. Yeah, I know. Come here. Anyway, way more important stuff to talk about, Bush. You've had your procedure since we last talked. I have had my procedure. My little thing on the end of my nose has been lopped off in quite yeah. a painful uh, hour of my life. I'll be honest with what, you. What were you not under anaesthetic? Uh, only, only local, like injected okay. into the nose. So they took a, a, they obviously chopped off the spot on my nose, and then but behind my ear, they took a circle of skin from behind there and then yeah. stitched that in. Turn uh, around. Let me see the back of your neck there. Let's have a look. This is good for a podcast. Live back of your yeah. neck. Yeah. Okay, he's turning around. He's turn- oh, he's just put it in the place where the mic is so I can't actually see it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's a very Ooh. sensitive part of the back of the ear, isn't it, for that? Isn't it? Do you know the worst thing about it was when the procedure was going on, uh, they had smooth radio on in the background, which I have oh. an actual aversion to. Uh, so forever, smooth radio will be uh, linked to me having a surgical procedure that hurts. Yeah, I just had an MRI a few weeks ago and they had the breakfast show from Magic on. And obviously, that's where I used to work. So I was able to call my ex-boss and go, so I just did a snoop of your show. Do you want to hear my feedback? And she was just like, no, thank you. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> it's weird though, isn't it? It, it? You can get weird context to whatever you're going through in your life if you yeah. hear a certain thing in the background. So mm. uh, do, you remember, do you remember a movie called Touching the Void where two fellas yes. went climbing and one of them had an accident. The other one had to cut the other one loose. Do you remember, do you remember mm. that? Yeah. Uh, th- there was a bit where he heard on his when the other one was crawling back to base camp on his own. Uh, all, all he had going around in his head was uh, "Brown Girl in the Rain." Is that what, "In the Rain" by Boney M? Brown mm. girl in the rain. Da, na, 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 na. And, and for some reason, that was on loop on his head. And now, he, wherever he hears that song, he says because obviously he was at death's door. It sends shudders literally down his spine. And I'll, I'll have the same thing with those uh, bits of smooth radio I heard whilst he was cutting yeah. me nose in half. And come here, tell me this now. What's the recovery time? Because you do have a big blob of cotton wool on top of that thing. So I can't really see it, which is obviously the, pl- the point because it's still healing. When can that come off? Yeah. Oh, God, Bush, that looks sore. It is sore, man. It is pretty sore. It comes off tomorrow. So the stitches come out tomorrow. Yeah. And then I'm going to have a circle, which I'm going to have to do a bit of... Uh, I might get into the world of, like, fancy uh, makeup. Do you know what I mean? There's, people use a lot of makeup for, you know, uh, scars and what... We did, did, did a phone-in on, on the radio show about if you've got an interesting scar, because I will have a yeah. scar because of this going forward. So many people have got some unbelievable things that have caused them injuries and stuff from shark bites to wounds when they were falling off skateboards in the, in the 80s and stuff like that. So I feel like I'm in good company. It's a bit of, um, a bit of character building, isn't it, I guess? Also, Bush, you know, like I, you know, Tom has a really, really big scar on his cheek straight across uh, his cheekbone. And I just think it's very attractive. So you I think it adds a bit people, of a look. Oh, my God. It adds a bit of character. It can, you know, it shows he can be roughed up a little bit, which is obviously good to know um, as a woman. Uh, what happened and, to Tom? Uh, Do you mind if I ask how Tom got his uh, scar? Did uh, he slip over on Old Compton Street, I heard. <laughs> 
I don't know what happened. I think it happened on a night out and he fell oh. asleep on it. And when he woke up, he took his head off the pillow and the pillow pulled the flap of skin away, basically, where the blood had dry- dried during the night. Uh, yeah, I know. Sorry about oh that. Oh, my word. That is unbelievable, that, isn't it? You see, if you this is the problem, right? If you've got like a, no, I'm not saying you know, run of the mill. If you've got like an easily explainable scar, you would be quite tempted to just kind of double down on it and just say, of course, uh, you know, I had a run in with the triads. I owe yeah. them some money, that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The other thing I need to talk to you about is that I have started an online hate com- campaign. Have you heard about this? I think I might have an idea as to what this might be, uh, yeah. Louise, yes. So I've now started retweeting all your tweets about your other podcast, telling people not to download it. That is so and- your, what are you like? <laughs> so I'm now, every time you, I'm actually actively tweeting do not listen to this podcast that Bush is on because I'm not having it. I'm just not having it, Bush. It's just, that I'm, is it's, outrageous. I'm just not having it, okay? So, so I saw, I I saw will, this earlier on because I, yeah. I, obviously I do I do another podcast, an Everton fan podcast, which Ugh. being an Everton fan is quite hard. So it's almost like a self-help podcast uh, with the uh, the 1878 um, podcast is called with the guys from Toffee TV. And you have tw- you've retweeted it, which I thought, oh, that's nice. Louise has retweeted mm. it. So I got an alert. But it actually says, don't do it peeps don't do it don't do it peeps don't do it peeps yeah don't do it i mean it's absolute rubbish i'm gonna come out and say it right and this podcast is far superior this this podcast is where my heart lies my heart lies here in the a to z of the 1990s it is well then uh, the big project keep it in your pants Keep it in your pants, okay? And just deal with this podcast. I've not been... This is not infidelity. This is not infidelity. This is just working, mate. Do you know what I mean? This is getting yeah. getting as much work as I can. Not having it. And and I and the worst thing is they release the video of the of the chat each week. So I've got... I've been doing it with this thing stuck on me now. Oh, so Bush. Spare a bit of thought for, uh, you know, the invisible man over here oh, with the Bush, bandages. Sorry. Okay, we'll allow it. Also, we're coming to the end of this. So I guess you need to scratch your podcast itch somehow and Toffee TV is going to be it. So I'll allow it because we're so far into this. I'll allow it. We're going to make another album, Louise. This isn't our final album. This is just album two in our in our sequence of collaborations. The difficult, the difficult second album, yeah. Well, speaking of which, should we, should we do this? I, do I, I worried this was going to be difficult, but judging of the brilliant responses coming from our amazing listeners here on the mm. 80s of the 90s, I think this is going to be a breeze. In the 80s of the 1990s, we're at you. Right, we're going to kick off with one here for you with a, a men's hairstyle that you might not be aware of. Well, you probably are aware of it. You've probably seen them around. A lot of people, particularly Graham King, has suggested we need to talk about you for undercut, the men's haircut, a.k.a. Uh, the wedge. We used to call it a wedge back in the, where, where I live down in Devon. Are you aware of this haircut? Now, is this where... Um I think my mother was very against this haircut, if I remember correctly. <laughs> is this where it was like quite closely shaven on the bottom of the skull? Yep. And behind the ears and stuff. And then you had like the curtains hair above it. That's exactly it. It was oh like a basin, days. almost like a basin cut, but a bit higher up. I remember, uh, is it Bernie, is it Bernie Sumner from, uh, or was it Barney? I never know his name's Bernie or Barney. From the lead singer in New Order, is he Bernie or Barney? No idea, Bush. Bernie sounds a bit like roast roast chicken and turkey. Whereas Barney sounds a bit like he might be like a an inflatable dinosaur. Whatever it is, lead singer mm. of New Order had a classic wedge stroke undercut during the release of, um, of course, the England song uh, World in Motion for the uh, World Cup in Italia 90. Uh, and that was just... And what he did, when you're dancing, when you're doing 90s dancing, singing mm. for England, it kind of flops around on top of your head. Yeah. 
That's part of it, isn't it? It's the whole textured movement more than just a haircut, really, wasn't it? Well, I, I, the, the reason it has a special place in my heart is that um, I've got quite wiry, thick, curly hair. You so do. I remember trying to grow that back in the day, undercut, wedge, whatever, and then bigger on the top. And I just look like um, Virginia Wade. Yeah, I don't think that I don't look. think you could pull pull that off, Bush. To be honest, you can pull a lot of stuff off. Don't think you can put what's it called? What you call it? The undercut. So do you know what we used to call it in Ireland? The step. A step. Yeah, it's called the step haircut in Ireland. And, yeah. and I'm always fascinated by what people ask for when they go to their hairdresser. Mm. When you go in, you go into your hairdresser, Louise. What do you? What? Do you, what are the words that you say for what you want? Layers. Can I just have layer? That's quite unspecific, isn't it? No, they know exactly what you mean. They're like, oh, okay, because it means that they chop into it quite a lot around the sides and the back. So it's not just like one consecutive piece of hair. And do you, if you don't mind me asking, do you then, because um, Katie, my other half, has got yeah. one bloke who cuts her hair. like It's like a retinue of staff. And then yeah, another same. lady who tints her hair, whatever it's called. Yeah. Have you got someone else who does the dyeing bit then? Absolutely. Completely different people. They're but, two totally different skills, Bush. But tell you what, though, the people who do the hair dyeing, I mean, I, I, I've been to Superdrug. I've seen the little locks of fake hair outside the box and you just pick the colour you want. I mean, they're having a laugh on. They get paid loads of money to do that. Do you know what feels amazing, right? When you go to a salon that doesn't just do hair, that they do nails as well. And so you're getting a blow dry or whatever, or you're getting your hair cut and you're also getting your nails done at the exact same time. Is that good, is it? Like, you feel like a celeb because you're just like, oh my God, there's so many people tending to my bits. Do you feel like you might be going on to like GMTV any second to have an interview or something like that? I want like a fan on me. So like my hair is blowing. I just, just, it's the dream. It's the dream. I, what I love as well, one final thing on girls' haircuts, one other thing I love about it is that even though with all the technology and the fact that they've been doing this for donkey's years, they still have to paint a bit of the hair colour on like your forehead. Is it as if, you know the way people would paint loads of bits of different colour from tester pots on a, on a lounge wall to see whether yeah. it looks good? Don't they still do that on the, on the side of your head or the back of your head to see whether you react to Well, they it? do what's called a patch test. But don't, well, so, surely if you're, you're allergic, you're allergic. Or if you're not, you're not. Why, why do they keep doing I, the patches? I think they're just paranoid that like you're going to break out in hives as soon as they okay. put it on you. So they make you do one. I know what you mean. It seems pretty archaic, doesn't it? But, I just um, feel like I could maybe come into the, the female hair market and, I don't know, shake things up and streamline things a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I think, sorry, last thing on women's haircuts, right? Tom always gets really weird with me when I'm at the, the salon, we'll call it, right? Or the hairdresser. Because right. I'll say, bye, I'm just going to get my hair done. And he's like, okay, bye. And then five hours later, I'm still not home. And he's like, Louise, like, where are you? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, fine. I'm in the hairdresser. He's like, you couldn't be. You left five hours ago. I'm like, no, 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 I'm still here. He's like, how is that possible? Like, I have to block out at least a half a day to be well, in the hair salon. I mean, I don't want to dwell on it, but what that, that's, that's kind of my point. Like, what is going on? Although maybe when you work out the amount of money that you pay the hair dyeing people per yeah. hour, uh, per, mm. per hour, it's probably... Session. It's quite low then, isn't it, really? Because you take it. Or have they got loads of you on the go? They get your hair going there, put some tinfoil on it. And someone else. Yeah, someone exactly. Else in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, in yeah. the wrong game. I might you really retrain. are. And, and it's annoying because I have to just basically have half a day of my weekend just gone to go to the bloody hairdresser. Right, I'm going to retrain. What I'm going to do, I'm going to get uh, one of them seats that wheel around. I'll be one of those type of hairdressers that wheels oh, around yeah. by sitting down and just yeah. like a, an RSI injury wristband. Are you cut or colour? You're going to be cut or colour? Uh, I'll do cutting. I think colouring's not really proper hairdoing, is it? You just like mixing oh, colours up. Do you know what I mean? We're not. We can't, it's a very exact science, Bush. Anyway, we're not getting into this. We getting digress into so much. I'm going to hit you. Oh, sorry. What was that one then for you? In the in the A to Z of the 1990s, U is for undercut. Oh yeah, of course. Okay, Claire Brooks has been in touch. On oh, is she now? The, 
I love Claire Brooks. She's been in touch on the Instagram account and she came up with a brilliant one for you. And the minute she came up with it, I was like, it's going to be the best one. This is for and me, that yeah? Is the <laughs> and that is, uh, you is for Ursula, the witch from The Little Mermaid. Full disclosure, I've never watched The Little Mermaid before. Oh no, Bush! That was so. My two favorite films when I was a kid was were I should say, The Little Mermaid, yeah, and um, Lady and the Tramp. Both right, absolutely brilliant. I don't think I've watched either of them, but I, from what I've seen when they've been on in the background, like the kids have been watching them or whatever. That 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 you know, like animation went all kind of bright and nice when um, uh, Toy Story came along. But before that, <clears throat> Disney animation was kind of slightly grim and dark yeah. and, and well, di- almost a bit dirty looking. No, I know what you mean. And then I think it was Pixar that really kind of came along yeah. and shined it all up. But she is right though. So basically the, the, this, the, the, the gist of The Little Mermaid is she is a mermaid and then she comes up above, la- above water and sees this really hot guy on the strand. As and she's do. like, oh, I want a bit of him. But she can't go because she's got no legs. So Ursula, the, um, the sea witch, who is, can I just say, Bosch, terrifying is she like purple absolutely yeah and like she's got loads of tentacles maybe she's got the the bottom of an octopus so she's got all those tentacles coming out of her and she's got a really scary voice and the little mermaid has a beautiful singing voice and she basically says to her I will give you legs if you give me your voice and she agrees to this for some reason and Ursula the sea witch takes her voice and then grants her legs and that is the story of the little mermaid (laughs) So it's like a legs for voice deal. Yeah. You know, and it's it's absolutely brilliant, very compelling. Ursula is a brilliant villain and the little Lerm, the little mermaid is just a cutie. Maybe I think she's such a cutie though cuz she's like a redhead. Maybe that's it. But like so does Ursula go around with like talks like her? Like does her voice like and yeah, what happens and I think- to the little mermaid? She then get Ursula's voice. She gets no voice. She's then mute. Yeah. She's then completely mute, but she's got lovely, stunning, slender legs. And she's up on, uh, she's up on a boat with the, with the prince. And he just thinks she's all coy and quiet because she hasn't spoken yet. Wow. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Is that like, um, you you remember Splash, that movie Splash with that, um, uh, Daryl Hannah. Is it Daryl Hannah? The uh, really fruity mermaid comes on to start snogging Tom, Tom Hanks left, right and center. Come here, Bush. I'm going to give you some homework. Will you watch The Little Mermaid before next week's record? Do you know, weirdly enough, Thea, my middle daughter, was, had it on for a bit the other day, but uh, she gets very scared. Kids these days are not oh, fortified. Really? You know, they need to be, kids need to be scared of stuff. A little you know, bit, that was yeah. one of the, the key things of, um, of, you know, watching telly when we were kids. You know, you look back at even just like Star Wars, like remember the first Star Wars, there's a bit in that, in the first one, mm. A New Hope or whatever, where I don't, don't uh, the stormtroopers kill like an entire like loaded Jawas, just burn them, mm. just absolutely, you know, it's, it's genocide in many ways, Louise. Mm. Kids aren't ready for that now. Do you know what I mean? It's different different but, times. But it really sets them up for life, you know? At least they know there's badness out there. So we really need to, I don't know, We, re, we should we scare Thea maybe? We should try and just purposely scare her? Well, just get, let's get, um, what I'll do, I'll sit her down and she can watch Watership Down and then the creepy <laughs> uh, animated version of uh, Lord of the Rings that was out before the movies. And, and that'll probably do it. Let's do it. In the 80s of the 1990s, what is it, Louise? You is for Ursula. Uh, Ashley has tweeted us. He says, mm. uh, U has to be for EMF's Unbelievable. Oh, it's such a Unbelievable. Oh! I bet you play that all the time on your show, do you? All the time. 
Yeah. But you know what though? They're the only ba- although they're nice they're nice chaps and everything, but there's there's no two ways about it. They're good good lads. I've 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 heard a rumor that they're good lads. And they're the only band that I've gone to see play that have been so bad that they've come back on at the end and apologized to the audience. <laughs> what? Exeter okay, firstly, University. Why, why were they so bad first of all? It was all just go- I don't know what it was. It was all just going wrong. Everything went wrong in the gig. Uh, and yeah. There was a lot of mistakes and then sound problems and all that kind of stuff. And they this came back on at the end and said, sorry, it was, that was really bad. Po- apologies about that. And I thought I, I admired their honesty. And that was at uh, Exeter University back in the early 90s. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And did they do like an encore as a sort of way to like pay you guys back for a crap gig or did they just go sorry about that and then left the stage? No, they did an encore and then apologised at the end of the encore, I think. <laughs> but And it's unresolved for me because, um, I, you know, I've always loved EMF and everything as well. I mean, they've got like, they were their first album and everything was brilliant. But I was due to DJ on a boat with them mm. uh, as part of the Shine On, uh, like, it was like a cruise from Hull to Antwerp. Wow. Which sounds like quite a brutal ferry experience, but they were going to play on it. I was going to DJ on it. So I thought, finally going to get to meet EMF, yeah. and it never happened. So uh, the I'm cruise still never happened. The cruise got got done by COVID. Right, this oh. is the last three times. Right, we've had cruise supposed to happen. COVID. I was then booked to play Shine on Budapest, which would have been brilliant. Then the war in Ukraine started, so mm. we had to pull out of that. Oh, I'm so sorry for I, you, Bush. What a tough life for this, you I've had a the tough war life. in Ukraine. <laughs> war in Ukraine. And then I should have played the Shannon weekend, the weekend just gone, but I've had to have this thing on my nose. So yeah, I don't want to say be. that I'm cursed, but I feel like I'll be, I'll be glad to see the back of 2022, put it that way. Do you know what I would have liked to have seen? Uh, that first cruise with you and EMF and then COVID hitting and you being stuck on a cruise with EMF. Imagine that, because um, weirdly enough, our producer at work, Nick's, parents were on a cruise just off the coast of Argentina mm. when uh covid hit. COVID hit and they were they were they were literally marooned on the boat for like two or three weeks which i mean there's worse places to be trapped you know what i mean just I being, know. being more just off hull i imagine is a slightly different experience and come here tell me this now god we're really gone off piece here what were the hygiene solutions if they were just like marooned for two or three weeks and what was the crack with food and stuff I don't know. I'm not too sure. Apparently, they were quite well looked after, but people okay. there was nearly a mutiny on the boat because people just wanted to get off and go home. Do you remember yeah. there was a lot of that at the start where people yeah. were just like, oh, we don't know what we're supposed to do. Let's just keep them moored off the, off the bay and don't give them any information. I'd swim. I'd just swim home. I'd just be like, okay, I'm, I'm swimming to the dock. I think they would have had a guy there, sat there with a rifle just picking you oh off. Oh, my God. That's what it got to. It was like an apocalypse <laughs> movie. In the 80s of the 1990s, you is indeed for Unbelievable by EMF. Uh, Clara's also mentioned something that I don't understand, Bush, so I hope you understand. Uh And she says, uh, can't believe I didn't think of this first, United for you, winning the treble in 1999. Do you know what? I remember watching that at university in our little halls of residence, and it was uh, an unbelievable thing. Uh, Obviously, I'm not a massive Man United fan. I love Everton. But there was that one period of time where it was the manner in which they won the, the Champions League final was the most amazing thing. I think they were like... 1-0 1-0 down with a few minutes to go and uh, they scored two goals in like the last four minutes of the game, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And it was, at the time, because you used to be able to watch stuff like that free on TV, yeah. it was unbelievable. 
unbelievable. And it was a great team with like Beckham and Scholes and Nicky Butt and Peter Schmeichel. Kind of like an iconic team with old Alex Ferguson with his pork pie face chewing away on his chewing gum in the background all fed up. There's not enough injury time. So Claire indeed is right. You is for United winning the treble in 1999. Yes, that's going on the list. I'll tell you another one going on the list. Uh, has been suggested by Andrea Mann, who has got in touch with us. She says you've got to talk about Ultranate, I'm Free. Do you remember that song? Yeah, I, I find this a bit embarrassing because I spent years, and obviously I've worked in radio my whole career, so since I was 20 I've been in radio, and I went around for years calling them Ultranate. All right, they're Ultranate. All right, Ultranate. And then, and then someone eventually went, can you please call them by their correct name? I was like, that is their correct name. They're like, no, it's Ultranate. I was like, oh no, Chris. Can you remember the song though? I love the song. I'm free, you're free to do what you want to do. The weirdest thing is though, I was just looking at through the video again on uh, on my phone before we started recording. Yeah. And it's the most inexplicable uh, location for the video. If you watch it again, right, she appears to be, and do, do us a favour and watch it this week and come back to us on it. She appears to be singing in the catering section of a uh, hospital kitchen. Does she? Yeah, it's like pots and pans and stuff everywhere. It's really, well, she's in a nightdress and mm. she's in a hospital kitchen. I don't know what the story is behind that. So obviously they'd no budget and a hospital is open to whomever. So they just thought, let's just sneak in to the canteen of this hospital and just shoot a music video. Why There's not? So many protocols broken in that um, in that <laughs> one video shoot. Please have a look at Ultranate, uh, I'm free, you're free, whatever Ultranate. it's called. Alternate, <laughs> and then tell us whether there's something hooky going on. You can get in touch via our Instagram, Louise, can't you? Which is? A to Z of the 90s podcast on Instagram. On the A to Z of the 90s, U is for alternate. <laughs> ooh, you, ooh, I was going to say, ooh is also ooh. for. You is also for. Now, they weren't invented in the 90s, but they became very big in the 90s. Um, it's a fashion faux pas, you could say. We've had a few of them on this podcast, uh-huh. and that is Ugg Boots. Ugg Boots, a generation of women with a weird slant in their instep because of these damn things. Yeah, now I would say, Bush, I think I told you this maybe months ago at the beginning the only ones that slanted and made your kind of arches fall in were the fake ones the real ones didn't do that they were actually quite a solid boot really um yeah honestly they were but and i did have a pair and i wore the what do you say wore the arse head of them that doesn't sound right <laughs> that works wore the arse head of my uggs um and you know they were extremely comfortable but like you're what kind of outfit for... are you wearing there then this what so you're wearing leggings, this and what are you wearing you're wearing leggings Tucked right. into your Ugg boots and a big kind of sloppy jumper. I'm not going to lie, that's kind of what I wear now, but I wear Nike Air Max now or Converse. Say, there's, a, there's, a, there's a slight evolution from that, but yeah, it's still like, the same Yeah, like look at this. Exactly. So, um, yeah, they, I mean, there was a stage where every single girl in Dublin was in a pair of Uggs and they were pretty expensive at the time, you know. Um, they came about in Australia, but apparently in Australia, they're seen as so lame and nobody wears them. <laughs> but yet the whole other, the whole rest of the world were wearing them. And for a time, there were so many, but they were kind of silly because the rain made them so disgusting I thought you gross. weren't supposed to wear them outside, though. I thought they were like a, they were a house boot. Do you know what I mean? You well, weren't they, supposed, not supposed to be wearing them outdoors in a million And years. I do wear Oak boots. Oh, sorry. I do wear Oak slippers now and they're perfect for the gaff. And I'd only wear them in, in inside the flat. But for a time, Oak boots were worn outside all of the time. And I used to wear them with like little mini skirts and stuff. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. 
What was going on back then, Louise? What was going know. on? Oh, Bosh, I don't know. I need to do some research, though, because when I get out of the tube at Piccadilly Circus on the way to work in central London, there's an UGG shop yeah. right by the door of the tube station. And I was like, wow, are they, are they diversified? Maybe they're selling other stuff. They, they've branched into, like, belts, snake belts, or high heels, or Well, the thing is, I coats. think if you're well off, I think it's really nice to have a comfy pair of UGG boots for, like, you know, when you're doing your winter ski holidays. I wouldn't know, but I think they are still pretty I think I think they are still worn and like I said I, I have Ugg slippers and I love them in the 80s the 1990s you is definitely for Ugg boots and I definitely want to keep saying ooh what's so what's going on with that it's kind of weird isn't it yes. well here's another one for you my brother Simon has got in touch and says love that we Simon. need to be 100% stay away from him like you, <laughs> go on about my dad you stay away from my brother I'm I just going to go is thing. Simon single and I was like oh no I can't get into that Jeez, stay out of this stay, stay, leave my family alone alright um, he says he's got to talk about Yuri Geller do you remember Yuri Geller yeah, was he was he the fella who used to bend the spoons? Yes, Yuri Geller, oh, the yeah. spoon bender. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it the weirdest thing when you look back on it? Like no one else has been doing that. Like no, it's not like it was a crowded market. There was other people out there that were doing the whole spoon bend thing, and uh, it's just the weirdest like skill or thing to have. But he got very far on it. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, he's just making cutlery lilt slightly. Do you know what I mean? And he and he went right the way through. Everyone knows who Yuri Geller is, and all he was doing bending cutlery. It's the weirdest thing. Now, have you ever seen him do it, Bush? I remember seeing him do it on Wogan back in the I think day. I saw him on like Sally, Jess- Sally Jesse Raphael, which was obviously that talk show from the 90s, should have brought her up in S. Um, and I think I saw him on that. What's the crack? Like, what are we missing here? What's happening with him? Well, normally with most kind of like psychic stuff, there's like a point. So like they might be able to um, communicate with a loved one that's passed passed on to the other side. A little bit like Derek Akora and his uh, yeah. Native American spirit guide, Sam, that kind of thing. But um, as far as I can tell with with uh, Yuri Geller, he just bent cutlery and then was like, there you go, that's it. That was his party piece. That's literally it. Just leave you with a load of bent cutlery that would cost you a load of money to replace and then off he goes to another party. Imagine that's how you made your millions and he's just like laughing his way all the way to his bank account, just going, you idiots, all I do is bend a spoon. Well, and apparently the rumour is, and this is, you know, this is unsubstantiated, but apparently it's a bit of like thumb rubbing in the background. Do you know what I mean? People can do it. You can you can do the trick if you know no. that, if you know how to do it. You know what I mean? Wait, are you serious? Uh huh. One hundred. And I tell you what, as soon as my nose is fixed, I'm going to get back out there and do that trick where you, a brilliant Bush family party trick. Uh, and the girls love this in the morning sometimes if we're having cereal. Breathe on the end of a spoon, dessert spoon, and get it to hang off the edge of your nose. Oh yeah, I love. I haven't done that in years. Dad one hundred and one. There's that one. I also do uh, steal your ear. <laughs> Tend to grab your ear, steal your nose, and then put your thumb between your fingers. I've got Obviously. your nose. The one I was doing the other day, I don't know if anyone else does this from a dad perspective. Uh, old, I got a carrier bag that someone had some sweets in and was pretending to throw, get them to throw an invisible ball and then clicking my fingers in the bag and it made it sound like the ball had landed in there. Good God. Dad magic. Well, I was just going to say, you were living up to all the dad stereotypes, aren't you? Like every single one of them. And of course, don't forget, coin behind the ear. And making a little tiny hat that looks like a boat. Uh, if you can think of any others, get in touch with me on Twitter, at Bush on the Radio. In the 80s of the 1990s, you is for Yuri Geller, the spoon bender. Uh, we've given him a nod before, Bush, but I'm going to say it again. You is for, well, it's the, but Undertaker in wrestling. Oh, God, I used to love him. I used to love I all know. that wrestling stuff in the, in the early 90s. Brilliant. Look at him. He's scary, isn't he? He's really How scary. How does he get his eyes to do that? Like, they're just whites. Like, he doesn't seem to have any pupils or anything like that. Do you think he looks up upwards just so you can just see the white bits of his eyes? Because that's really that's hard, so though, isn't wrong. it? You can't really see where he's going or anything. 
That is grotesque. But I have to say, because, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, I did think wrestling was real. Why wouldn't I? Like, I think lots of people thought it was real. Yeah. And so I thought The Undertaker was a real person. And he really did scare the bejesus out of me back in the day when he'd come out all slow and the smoke and the darkness. Also, look how, like, he's so imposing as a character, isn't he? He really looks like Solomon Kane, that uh, yeah. famous kind of dark comic character. The weird thing is, though, like if you go, if you, God forbid, you have to go into a funeral directors or go by them, they're yeah. normally kind of, kind of quite calm, quaint, yeah. very British affairs, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? With like a a bowl of mints on the on the desk and the clicking grandfather clock ticking away as you're yeah. waiting for your appointment or whatever. Just, it couldn't be any further away from. What he looks like. He looks like he's got electricity coming out of his eyes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you're already dealing with trauma and then you go into him and he's the person you're you're dealing with for a funeral. I don't... I wonder, is he still alive? Do we think he's still alive, Bush? I think he's still alive. I hope he's still alive because he's such a big character. But the the, the big thing about the 90s, though, in terms of wrestling was the huge departure that the WWF subsequently rebranded to WWE was from our Saturday afternoon wrestling that used to be on ITV. Do you ever used to watch that when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. Really rubbish, British, like church hall, low quality, uh, loads of bruises and patchy, blotchy skin. People with skin mm. like corned beef mm. wrestling each other on the floor. Shirley Crabtree or, or Big Daddy, whatever, mm. that kind of thing. Proper ropey. I know, watching them side by side is it's pathetic, isn't it? It's just British though, isn't it? It's like yeah. our teeth versus the, the teeth of the rest of the world. <laughs> That came in from Drunk Uncle Scissors. I've no idea what that handle is all about. Um, so in the 80s and the 90s, U is for The Undertaker. Another U in the 80s and the 90s has been suggested by Owen, and he's mentioned a band that I don't know very much about, and their name always fascinates me. He says you've got to talk about the Urban Cookie Collective. Oh, I have heard about these guys, but I don't know them, Bush, do you? Are they the ones I had? I got the key. I got oh, I love that song. I got the key. But their name, the Urban Cookie Collective, makes them sound like a paramilitary organisation. Yes, I agree. Do you think they are? I mean, I hope not. Do you? Well, I mean, they've not been active since the mid-90s. So, um, yeah. Maybe they've been stockpiling. <laughs> you haven't been to Donegal and noticed any of the Urban, urban Cookie Collective <laughs> hanging around anywhere of you, Louise? <laughs> Just ask around. No, I haven't. Oh, my God. I, lo- I do love that song. I think they're a bit of a one-hit wonder. Were they? Am I right in thinking they're a one-hit wonder? I think they are. I think they pretty yeah, much were I a one-hit so wonder. Uh, yeah. In the 80s and the 1990s, very quickly there, that's the Urban Cookie Collective. Uh, I just have a few to throw in towards the end here, Bush. Do uh, from Nicola Sims, she has said Umbro. Umbro oh, now, was a big one. Iconic Italia 90, England's Umbro uh, shirt for that World Cup. Obviously, you've got the World Cup you know, coming up around the corner. And I don't yeah. think shirts have been as iconic as they were back in the in Italia 90. That, the white one, the main mm-hmm. one, and then the blue away kit, which... Mm. Um, Bernie or Barney Sumner from New Order was singing in that song World in Motion we were talking about earlier on. They are iconic and they are worth loads of money on you uh, on eBay. If You're you can, joking. If, you, if, you've, if you've kept one from back in the day. So, wow. Amazing shirts for football. Brilliant. Uh, also, uh, we just need to give a little nod to uh, Utah Saints. Well, you know I was supposed to play the Shine on Weekender that I was just moaning yeah. about earlier on? They yeah. were playing at that as well. Oh, for God's sake. But you're missing out on all the fun this year. Utah Saints, you, you, you. But the weirdest thing is I've seen a load of photos of them playing and this goes for anyone who does DJing, myself involved. If you go and watch a band that DJs, it just looks like two blokes um, having a bit of a problem with their, you know, defragging their hardware. I know. What do people, do people just look up at them? What do they do? Are they doing any sort of performance on the stage? Are they just walking Nothing around? At all. They're just like yeah. fiddling with their computers or whatever. It looks like uh, you're yeah. waiting at like the Apple bar or whatever to get your iPhone recalibrated, if that's a phrase. 
I often yeah, wondered about like, you know, Daft Punk going on, on tour. Like, did they just send two of their mates when they were like tired or hung over? Just stick amazing. this helmet on. You go out, we'll, we'll, we'll press play on the CD. You just pretend you're doing something. Dance around for two hours and come back and we'll pay you 50 quid. Oh, have I ever told you about, I must have told you about um, Calvin Harris at the Isle of Wight Festival. No. I'll tell you about that. So no. he was headlining one year at the Isle of Wight Festival when I was working there for, for Absolute Radio. And uh, this rumour was going around that he'd been stung by a mosquito so he couldn't have a close-up on his face when he was DJing. So the entire gig was just him up on this plinth DJing, but in complete silhouette. No close-ups on him or anything like that at all. So it could have been anyone. But apparently the rumour was he got bitten by a mosquito, mosquito and didn't want his face on camera. But I'm thinking it could be, that could have been anyone to get up there and press play. Do you know what I mean? Also, that feels like a stretch, doesn't it? The mosquito thing. Oh, yeah, a mosquito in the Isle of Wight. Well, I, I, I thought a lot about Daft Punk and the pair of them wearing those things. And mm. I thought if, if they're sending other people in, brilliant. It means you can be more than one place at once, pretty much. But if they are doing it themselves and they have got a hangover because it's rock and roll, imagine how bad it would be having your head in a biscuit yeah. tin in a nightclub. Very, very, very claustrophobic. Bush, that's all I have for you this week, i got to say. I did think we were going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel, but everyone really helped us out this week. Hey, well, listen, if you think we're going to be scraping the barrel this week, wait till you get to next week. It's V. Let's get the suggestions in right now because this could be a real tough ride. So clip on in. Uh, if you, Anything that begins with V from the 1990s, we'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get a little contribution on from someone next week as well. Uh, you can get in touch with me on Twitter, at Bush on the Radio, or via our Instagram. A to Z of the 90s podcast on Insta. Right, that is us done. We love you. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible or anime and under this mask is another mask (laughs) you can discover your new favorites right here on the anime effect listen every friday wherever you get your podcast and watch full video episodes on crunchyroll or on the crunchyroll youtube channel